Thanks to ExpressVPN for supporting the Productivity Show. Did you know that your internet service provider like Comcast or Verizon knows every single website you visit? Use my exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash TPS, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. Thanks also to Masterclass for supporting the Productivity Show. You can find hundreds of video lessons from today's most brilliant minds available anytime, anywhere on iOS, Android, desktop, Apple TV, and Amazon Fire TV. Get 15% off your annual all-access pass at masterclass.com forward slash TPS. We'd also like to thank Aslo for supporting the Productivity Show. Aslo is a free business checking account with invoicing, bill pay, money transfers, no minimum balance, and no fees. Sign up with no minimum deposit at aslo.com slash TPS and get a free copy of Aslo's Small Business Starter Guide. Welcome to The Productivity Show, a podcast by Asian Efficiency to help you maximize your productivity so you can get everything done without having to sacrifice your health, family, and things that matter to you. We've helped tens of thousands of people save time, be happier, and become more productive. Getting Things Done, or GTD, is one of the most popular productivity systems on the planet, and for good reason. It helps you be on top of your tasks and obligations by getting them out of your overloaded brain and into your trusted system. So you can focus on execution and getting stuff done, not on juggling stuff. In this episode, we're going to examine some of the keys to being successful with GTD. We can all read the book and learn the technical stuff, but how do you actually make it work for you and stick with it? Well, that's what today's episode is all about. You can find links to everything that we share in the show notes by going to theproductivityshow.com slash 322. And now, on with the show. And we are back for another episode of the best productivity podcast in the world, if I may say so myself, The Productivity Show. Hello, everyone. My name is Tan Pham founder and CEO of Asian Efficiency, where we help people become more productive at work and in life. And today I'm here with my co-host, Brooks Duncan, who is the CEO of Asian Efficiency. How are you today, Brooks? I'm excellent. It's a very wet and rainy Vancouver day. So it kind of feels feels proper. All this sun we've been having just didn't feel right. So torrential downpour is what we're looking for. Really excited about today's topic. Last week, it was Marmel and I. And if you haven't listened to TPS 321 yet, which is about overcoming mental blocks, we get pretty, I'm going to say pretty personal and vulnerable on that episode. So that sometimes the topic lends itself to that. It's nice to get back. I mean, we're still going to be sharing stories. Tan and I will be sharing stories, uh, but it's nice to get back to a uh, tactical episode as well. So before we start diving into today's content, one of the things we always like to do is share some of our favorite productivity resources as of lately. So Brooks, I know you have three of them here. So do you want to share them in 90 seconds or less? All right. So yeah, I will share the three top three resources today. The first, which we do every time we do a GTD themed episode is I should reference getting things done. The Art of Stress-Free Productivity by David Allen. That's the book that started it all. I know that was fundamental for me. I know it was fundamental for you. So in the show notes, we'll have a link. If you haven't read the book yet, highly, highly recommend it. I heard the audiobook's good too. I haven't listened to the audiobook, but that's an option as well. 
Number two is an app for iOS. And the reason why it's iOS only is because Android users will laugh when I explain this app. And the app is called Widgetsmith. So as of iOS 14, you are able to customize your home screen, add widgets, and people have been going pretty crazy doing it. A guy named David underscore Smith, as he's known, makes a lot of like really nerdy utilities, but somehow this one has caught on. My teenage kids and all their friends have been going crazy telling me about this app. And it's so funny seeing quote unquote normal people start to use one of these utilities. So yeah, if you want to customize your home screen, check out Widgetsmith. And number three is the Logitech MX Master 3 mouse. So if you're looking for a pointing device, a lot of members of the dojo have been talking about it. Really, really recommend that. And there's a feature called Flow where you can use the mouse on multiple devices. So those are our top three resources. Big fan of the Logitech mouse myself too. And we will have links to all of this in the show notes as well. So just go to theprotvdshow.com slash 322. Or if you're listening to us on the podcast app, just swipe and you'll see the links in there as well. All right, let's talk about GTD today and specifically how to be proficient, be an expert, how to become an expert, how to be an advanced user of GTD. Now, you and I have been using GTD for a while, probably over 10 years now at this point. But if you're listening to this episode and you're intimidated but interested in trying GTD, but you don't know where to start, this is a great episode for you here. But I know a lot of you are, who are listening right now, you probably already understand GTD at some level, but maybe you've struggled with it and with the method and maybe have difficulty executing it. If that's you, you're going to enjoy today's content as well. And even if you're someone who's already practicing GTD, you're kind of like proficient at it already. I think some of the advanced tips we're going to be sharing with you here today will help you a lot as well, because I think it's always interesting and fun to learn some advanced strategies from others who are practitioners as well to help you be more successful at what you do. So I wanted to make sure I put that out there. And also, as you might have heard and noticed, we recently launched a premium version of our podcast called TPS Plus. Brooks, would you mind sharing what TPS Plus is and what it, it is all about? Yeah, so we launched TPS Plus a few weeks ago. Really, really thankful for the results. A lot of people have asked for ways to support the podcast directly. Like we love our advertisers. I think we pick some pretty great advertisers in my opinion, but some people prefer to have an ad-free version of the podcast. So we created TPS Plus. And what we do is we provide the episodes a week early. And like I said, there's an ad-free version and there's a whole bunch of other bonuses as well. So you can go to the productivityshow.com forward slash plus and check them out. For annual members, one thing I've been really surprised at is we've had a ton more annual members. So choosing to pay annually instead of monthly. So they save two months from doing that, but also they get a special one tweak a week t-shirt that I happen to be wearing right now. And I don't know if it's the t-shirt or the saving money, but the annual plan has been really, really popular. So yeah, thank you so much for everyone who signed up so far and supported the show. And you can go to theproductivityshow.com slash plus to check it out. Yeah. So if you've been listening to us for a while and you really enjoyed our content and you want to Find a way to support us, go to tps.plus, and that's one way to do that. So let's start diving into GTD here. And as most of you probably already know, GTD stands for getting things done. So just a quick overview of what this is. It's basically a productivity methodology created by David Allen. It's copyrighted by David Allen Company. Uh, we are not affiliated with them whatsoever. We are just long-term fans and followers of the method. 
And we also have a course in the dojo that kind of helps you get started with GTD as well. So we have some training materials on, on that as well. But we really want to really just talk about like some advanced and intermediate level strategies and ideas to help you get the most out of GTD. And so we already have tons of episodes on GT already on the podcast. So if you go to episode 309, so if you go to deepproductivityshow.com slash 309, we'll go over some common mistakes that new GTD users make. So definitely go check out that episode if you're brand, brand new to GTD. And also if you are someone who already does GTD for a little bit, but you struggle with the weekly review, which I know is the number one thing that most people struggle with. Uh, we have one whole episode dedicated to that as well on how to do the weekly review, how to stick to it. And that's episode 311. So if you go to theproductivityshow.com slash 311, you'll find that episode there. And so today we're going to be talking about like ways to level up your GTD skills here. And we have five tips to help you with that. And the first one is to start with why. I'm not talking about the book by Simon Sinek. I know that's a great book as well. But the idea behind this tip here, start with why, is we want to make sure you get clear on why GTD is important to you and why you're using it in the first place. And if you know what your why is behind being productive or why you want to use GTD, then it makes it much easier to stick to it and follow through anytime you run into a roadblock. So what is your desired outcome? Why do you want to be productive? Why do you want to use GTD specifically? So to give you some examples why people might want to be productive or why they want to use GTD, people will say stuff like, oh, I want to have peace of mind. I want to finish work early. I want to sleep better at night. I want to have less stress in my life. I want to make more progress in my life. I want to hit my goals. Like what is your why for being productive? And it's such a simple question, but most people never try to answer that question for themselves. And so I want to challenge you here today who is listening and say, what is your why? Why do you want to be productive? What is your desired outcome here? And how does GTD fit in this picture for you? And I'm kind of curious to hear from you, Brooks. When you first started GTD, what was your purpose? Like, why did you start reading the book? Yeah, for me, when I first adopted GTD, it was because I had just been a newly promoted manager and I was struggling with all the kind of split, spinning plates I had going on at work. So my email was out of control. My promises to coworkers and subordinates were was out of control. And at home, I was basically living on my BlackBerry, <laughs> which shows you how long I've been doing GTD. And basically, I wanted to stop things from falling through the cracks. So I was reading all sorts of productivity stuff online at that time. And I kept seeing reference to this book, Getting Things Done or GTD. So I decided to check it out. So really, my why was to, first of all, have a more calm and peaceful home life, especially since I had a new baby at that time who just walked out the door to go to school. And then it was to be more to help my teammates and support my team more. So that was my why. And so when I was first struggling and it was, you know, a bit of work at first implementing it for sure. That's what I kept coming back to is, you know, why am I going through my entire desk and all my calendars to find all my open loops, as GTD calls it? And then I have to have my why. Oh, yeah, my family and my team, my family and my team. And that's what kept me on track. So when I first discovered GTD, it was kind of similar to you, Brooks. I just got promoted at work. It was actually my first job out of college when I dropped out of college. And I was just responsible for so many different things. I was responsible for managing people. 
I was responsible for some line items on the income statement. Uh, so I had to bring in revenue and figure out ways to generate additional profits. I had a lot of clients. I had a lot of initiatives I was overseeing. And I had just had no idea of how to manage all of this. And so I remember seeing an uncle of mine have the book GTD or getting things done on his bookshelf. And I remember seeing it every time I visited him, but I never really questioned it or thought about what it was. And so as I was doing my research about like, how do I become more productive? What should I study? What should I learn? I kind of took that growth mindset of like, hey, there's a solution to this. Like I know someone else has already figured it out. I just need to figure out who has already figured it out and learn from them. And so that's how I discovered GTD. And after implementing some of the ideas, I, I noticed like a huge improvement in just like less stress, being on top of things. And I think the hardest part of adopting anything like GTD or any productivity system that is out there, whether it's ours or someone else's, is just the first hurdle that you have to overcome. Whether it is like, you know, organizing your files or organizing your desk or, you know, brain dumping and just getting everything out of your head. It's usually the first hurdle that is always the hardest. But once you get over that, everything else becomes a lot easier. And so that was kind of my reason for starting with GTE. It was just like, how do I get on top of my work? Because I was just so behind and I was literally afraid of like losing my job. And then over time, as I was just like getting better at it and more proficient at it, my why changed over time as well. Like nowadays, if I ask myself, why do I want to be so productive? To me, now my why is to live life to the fullest. I know that time is a non-renewable resource, right? It goes by whether we do something or not. And so we can't renew it. We can't get more of it. And so to me, now when I live my day, I really want to make the most out of my life. And that's why I'm being productive. That's why I want to be efficient. And this is something I look back at every single day. And when I journal, when I think about my life or do my weekly reflections, like, did I make the most out of my week? And if not, what kind of tweaks do I have to make? And this goes a little bit beyond GTD, but for those who are brand new to GTD, figure out, you know, what is your why behind using this system? Like, what are you looking to get out of this? And once you get clear on that, just write that down somewhere. And once you get that written down, look at it every now and then. So you remind yourself like, hey, like I haven't used GTD in a while or I'm about to fall off or like I'm really inconsistent. Like once you figure out your why and you look at it, you go, oh yeah, this is why this is really important to me. And it helps you regenerate that motivation you need to keep going. This is kind of a side topic, but that's such a great experience to have an uncle that had the book and to at least know something about it. For myself, like I knew no coworkers, I knew nobody who, who had even heard of it. And that really shows the power of or how beneficial it is if you can find other like-minded people to try to implement this stuff at the same time. So that's what some of the nice power about like the dojo or TPS plus, or maybe if you could make a little group of people in your workplace or professional organization or something like that, that does this stuff kind of together, or at least can bounce suggestions off each other. I can really make it helpful for sticking with it. All right, we talked about VPN providers many times on the podcast, and there are tons of VPN providers out there. You've probably heard of or maybe even used a few of them. Well, for something as important as a VPN, Tan and I are only going to recommend brands to our listeners that we believe in. And I can say with full confidence that ExpressVPN is the best VPN on the market. We're both big fans, and here is why. First, ExpressVPN doesn't log your data. Did you know that lots of really cheap or free VPNs make money by selling your data to ad companies? Yikes, no thank you. ExpressVPN developed a technology called Trusted Server that makes it impossible for their servers to log any of your info. 
Second, it's speed. I've tried lots of VPNs in the past. Many slow your connection down or make your device sluggish. I've been using VPN for a few years and my internet speeds are super fast. Even when I connect to servers thousands of miles away, I can still stream HD quality videos without lag. Finally, what sets ExpressVPN apart is how easy it is to use. Unlike other VPNs, some of which I've used that you have to input a bunch of settings or program stuff, none of that with ExpressVPN. Just have the app running and click or tap one button to connect. It's super easy. I like how ExpressVPN comes with an app for every device that I use, Mac, Windows, iOS, Android, even Linux, routers. There's even VPN for Chromebooks, smart TVs, and even game consoles. I have to use a lot of different types of devices in my job, so I love how easy it is to use on every single platform. So protect yourself with the VPN that I use and trust. Use my link expressvpn.com slash TPS and get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash TPS. Visit expressvpn.com slash TPS to learn more. Masterclass lets you learn from the best with exclusive access to online classes taught by masters of their craft. You can learn business strategy from Bob Iger, style from Tan France, or space exploration from Chris Hadfield. Good Canadian boy there. Over 75 exclusive classes taught by the masters you know and love. So what is Masterclass? Masterclass is an app accessible on your phone, web, or Apple TV that offers classes on a wide variety of topics. The classes are all taught by world-class masters at the top of their fields. Each class is broken out into individual video lessons and there's downloadable materials. You can explore them all at your own pace. So whether you're interested in economics, political strategy, leadership, or mixology, there's a masterclass for you. Single classes are $90, but the all-access pass is $180 per year. So for the price of two classes, you can get an unlimited amount of classes for a whole year. Personally, I'm a huge fan of Neil Gaiman, so I was excited to see Neil Gaiman teaches the art of storytelling. There's no one better to learn from. I'm not personally writing a fiction novel anytime soon, but no matter what type of job you have, you can be more effective if you can write. He has a section in his class called Rules for Writers with a really useful downloadable workbook. So I highly recommend that you check it out. Get unlimited access to every masterclass. And as of the Productivity Show listener, you get 15% off the annual all-access pass. So go to masterclass.com slash TPS. That's masterclass.com slash TPS for 15% off masterclass. In 2020, every business in the U.S. is learning how to adapt. But why aren't banks? Unnecessary fees or taking a trip to your bank is the last thing business owners need to be thinking about. Aslo takes all the friction out of business banking instead of insisting that you handle your banking as if the internet never existed. Aslo is a free business checking account with invoicing, bill pay, money transfers, no minimum balance, and no fees. Unlike with other banks, there's no minimum deposit required, you'll never be charged maintenance or crazy overdraft fees, and there's no ridiculous phone system that feels designed to waste your time. Instead of the days or weeks it takes to apply for an account at a traditional bank where you're still required to go to in person, with Aslo, you just go to azlo.com and apply in as little as 10 minutes. And there's no waiting to use your account. With Aslo's free instant funding feature, you can deposit up to $1,000 and access it in your account instantly. Aslo is owned by BBVA USA, which is a FDIC member. Because they make business banking easy and offer a fee-free checking account, Money Magazine called them the best business banking option for freelancers and entrepreneurs. 
I'm an automation guy. You might know that about me. So I like that Aslo has a ton of integrations. They have Stripe, Square, and PayPal integrations, and they have powerful integrations with QuickBooks and Plaid. You can import transaction and connect to hundreds of payment, investment, and budgeting services. So sign up right now with no minimum deposit at aslo.com slash TPS and get a free copy of Aslo's Small Business Starter Guide, spelled A-Z-L-O dot com slash TPS, and sign up with a free Small Business Starter Guide and no minimum deposit. Aslo.com slash TPS. Yeah, so we have more content coming up on GTD. So if you want to go check that out, it's only going to be available for TPS Plus users. So just go to TPS.plus. Literally, you just type that in in the browser. It's a cool domain extension that we have. So TPS.plus or just go to deproductivityshow.com slash plus. You can go there as well. All right, so that is, again, tip number one. Start with why. Figure out what that is for you. Tip number two here is to have one place where you write stuff down. Now, a big part of GTD, if you've been studying it for a while, you know that brain dumping, getting stuff out of your head, your brain is not for storing things, like you've all heard of it before, right? So where we see a lot of people fall off is that, yes, they take the habit of capturing, which is the fancy word for writing stuff down, but then they start writing stuff down in different places. They have sticky notes, they have a notepad in their back pocket, they have like an app that they use on their phone, like Apple Notes or Evernote. Then they have their task manager and they put stuff in there. And as you can imagine, once you start writing stuff down in different places and you go, oh, where did I write this down? Did I write this down whatsoever? Right? Then you go, oh my gosh, like I don't know where this is. And then you start to lose all your ideas and ideations and, and everything else that you came up with that might've been brilliant, but when you needed it, you didn't have it accessible in front of you. So one main takeaway here for this tip is to, whenever you write stuff down, put it in one place. So I recommend that most beginners, if you are someone who loves writing stuff down on paper, just have a notebook where you literally write everything down. Don't just use sticky notes, just use that specific notebook. And if you're someone who's more digital, just use one particular app and write everything down there. Yeah, I tend to do it digitally, but back when I was first implementing GTD, that is something that I learned. I consolidated all my jotting stuff down, capturing, like you said, kind of fancy word, capturing action items and stuff like that. I consolidated to this black notebook that I carried with me everywhere in the office because I used to do that. I used to write it down on sticky notes or maybe a pad of paper nearby, something like that. And that would always cause me problems because A, it would make my weekly review be longer because I'd have more places to try and check, but it just made it much more likely for things to fall through the cracks. So that's when I, I consolidate everything to this one black notebook. Now I do it digitally. So I everything goes into everything actionable anyway, goes into my OmniFocus inbox. I might capture things using an app like Drafts, which I have on my phone, on my computer. But what I've done is I have then automations that send it into OmniFocus. So even if I capture it, like jot it down somewhere else, right away it goes into OmniFocus. So that's the key thing. Have one place where all this stuff goes into right away. It'll make it much less likely that you're going to drop stuff later. How do you capture it, Dan? I think one big realization I had was anytime I was writing stuff down and I 
was thinking about something along the lines of where does this go? I knew there was a friction point. So anytime I was like, okay, I need to write this idea down. Where does this go? Does it go on my notebook, on my sticky note, or does it go in OmniFocus? Like that just analysis paralysis made me go, oh, okay. And then I would think for a few seconds or maybe then I would get distracted or I would not write it down whatsoever, right? So anytime you have that friction point, you want to eliminate it as much as possible. So that's why I think it's so beneficial to just have one place. And so for me, I just put everything in OmniFocus. And then the rare exception is when I put stuff in drafts. And this is really usually for really random notes or anything that has like typically a short shelf life. So for example, if I'm talking to someone, they're like, hey, you should call this number. I'm like, okay, let me just write it down in drafts. I'm going to call this a little later. And it's like that note doesn't live on maybe like 10 seconds later or something like that, right? So anything typically has that has a short shelf life is in drafts, but everything else typically... 99.9% goes into OmniFocus. So it's really easy. And that's why I think it's so important to have the OmniFocus app on my phone and on my desktop and it's all synced up. And which is why like back in the day when we're like, you know, I'm talking like 2013, 2014, we were harping on the idea of like, hey, whatever task manager you pick, make sure it has a sync feature. And I know that sounds really funny today in 2020, <laughs> but back in the day in 2013, I was like harping on this, like, hey, whatever you do, Pick a task manager that has flawless syncing, which is back in the day when like things wasn't that great because the sync feature wasn't like always super fast and was very clunky. And that's why a lot of people went to OmniFocus. But nowadays, most systems kind of like have it dialed in. And now we start talking about like subscriptions, like make sure you use app that have some sort of subscription model, because at the end of the day, they're going to be more sustainable than apps that charge a one-time price or a very low price. Something I've been talking about since 2018 and I'm pretty sure in 2021 and 2022, I'm still going to be harping on that. But that's a completely different rant. (laughs) We record these episodes live, like I mentioned earlier, in front of the Dojo, which is our productivity community, and TPS Plus, which we talked about earlier. You can access the live stream. Um, There's some great, great suggestions and feedback. Katie says that, yeah, this is something she struggled with, uh, this concept of capture. And it wasn't that she didn't know where things were by capturing in a bunch of different places. But like I said, it just made the weekly review long and tedious. Lee says he captures stuff in Brain Toss, which I've actually never heard of before. And it captures voice notes as well. And that's a great point, which we didn't mention. If you have a way to capture things with your voice, whether it's Siri or Google or however you Alexa shouldn't have said that. (laughs) Sorry. However you do that, if you can capture things using your voice, it can make it really easy to capture things when it's not convenient for you to, to write it down. So lots of different solutions. And you're totally right. Friction is death when it comes to trying to implement some sort of productivity system. Because when you're first implementing it, you're motivated, you're making time for it. So it's fine. A little bit of friction is okay. However, when it's six months later and you're busy and all of those friction points are going to be one more reason why you don't do things. And then you end up with a big pile and a disorganization later. So that is tip number two, and that is to have one place where you write stuff down. All right, let's move on to tip number three here, and that is to apply the two-minute rule. Now, one of the things that GTD is most known for is the two-minute rule. And that's the idea that anytime you're processing things, if it takes two minutes or less to do, do it right away. And if it takes longer than two minutes, then you have to go to the next step in the flow chart and say, hey, you know, do you want to break this stuff down? Do you want to assign this? And so on, right? But the big idea here is that 
a lot of people don't use the two-minute rule. And I think it's such a powerful and easy rule to implement in your life that uh, you should really be taking advantage of this. So if you're a beginner, new to GTD, I would say start using this consistently, right? So anytime you're processing things or looking at your inbox and you go, okay, I need to empty this out. If it's two minutes or less, do it right away. If it takes longer, takes longer to do than you know, do your normal procedure. Now, for those who are a little bit more intermediate or advanced when it comes to GTD, you can kind of change this if you want to. You can change it to three minutes, four minutes. You can have a five-minute rule, or you can even have a 30-second rule if you wish. So personally, for example, I use a 30-second rule for emails because, one, I don't like email, <laughs> and two, <laughs> I get so many that I want to go through it as, as much as I can in the shortest period I have available to me. So I always have a 30-second rule. So if you've ever communicated with me over email, you'll know that my emails are very brief. I just get straight to the point. My Dutch upbringing has been really powerful here. <laughs> Dutch people are just straight to the point. They don't say, hey, hope you're doing well. And you know, hope your family is doing well. I hope you had a great weekend. Like none of that is happening. It's just like straight to the point. <laughs> okay, I need this from you. Or hey, here's what you asked for. Let's go. But sometimes I will actually rewrite the emails because I know some people are a little bit more, you know, sensitive and they like to catch up and be more verbose over emails. And then I'll move my cursor back to the first sentence and go, hey, how's it going? I hope you had a great weekend. I, I saw you were in Switzerland. I hope you had a great time. Straight to business and then end the email. So personally, I like to use a 30-second rule. How about you, Brooks? Yeah, Tan has a Canadian filter when he knows he's communi communicating with a Canadian. He needs to pat it up. <laughs> yeah, for myself, I get so frustrated at myself when I break this rule because I hate it so much. And I'm sure everybody listening to this can identify with this. I hate it so much when I break that two-minute rule or five-minute rule or whatever it is. And I you know, keep pushing something off, keep pushing something off. And then when I get around to finally doing it, it takes like two minutes or five minutes. And if I had just followed the two-minute rule uh, in the first place, I would have never had to push that thing off you know, five times. So I get so frustrated with myself when I break it. So I try really, really hard to follow it. And I really believe that the two-minute rule is an undervalued part of GTD because I think the two-minute rule or 30-second rule or five-minute rule, whatever it is for you, is a big source of email backlog, task manager backlog. If you really get down to it, if we all applied the two-minute rule consistently, our email inbox would be in much better shape and our big, huge, long task list that we get frustrated with would be in much better shape as well. It's just a matter of being disciplined and actually doing it. Oh man, I hate that feeling when you've been procrastinating or for something for so long, like two, three months. And then mm -hmm. you're like, oh, okay, I'm mustering up this courage, this energy. I have my schedule set aside. And then you go in and you're like, oh, took 30 seconds to do. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I waited two months to finish this. It's, it's the worst <laughs> feeling in the world. Only few people will actually understand. So if you're one of those, <laughs> welcome to the club. So if you're somebody who's not applying the two-minute rule, definitely go implement that. And if you're someone who is open to implying, say, the 30-second rule for emails, I highly encourage you to do that as well. And if you're looking for more tips on how to declutter your email inbox, we have a great short course on this called Inbox Detox that will show you how to declutter your email inbox in one afternoon, even if you have thousands of unread emails. So if you want to go check that out, go to dprotivityshow.com slash inbox. 
And if you're an Outlook user and you want to learn more pro tips from us on how to use Outlook productively, we have a really short course on that too called Optimize Outlook, which you can go check out at theproductivityshow.com slash Outlook. So again, that is tip number three. Apply the two-minute rule. All right, let's go to tip number four, and then we have five coming up right after that. But before we go to tip number five, number four is, and this is going to sound really funny, but print out the flow chart and stick it to your wall. I know, Brooks, you have a great story behind this. I want to hear this from you first before we start explaining this. Well, when we first talked about including this tip in the show notes, which I 100% agree with, I went through and I've been like zapruding, like looking through all my old photos from my corporate days, trying to find a picture of evidence of this, but I couldn't find it. But yeah, when I was first implementing GTD and even for ages after, I had this flow chart and I, I will include a link to the flow chart in the show notes. So go to the productivityshow.com forward slash 322. I had this GTD flow chart pinned to my cubicle wall and people would ask me about it all the time. Like, why do you need that? flowchart. What's it for? They thought it was something to do with our financial treasury software. And it's like, nope, this is for helping me learn to capture, clarify, organize, reflect, engage. Like It takes you through all the steps of GTD. And that flowchart is super, super helpful. So if you have a flowchart through some other source, go ahead and use that. But we have a great one that I personally used in my corporate days linked to in the show notes. So as soon as I saw it, I, I just got these like warm, fuzzy, fuzzy feelings remembering how helpful it was for me. Yeah, when I first started using GTD, I printed it out and I'm, I wouldn't call myself like a very visual person necessarily, but just having it on the wall served multiple functions. One is I was looking at it every day, so that made it really easy to remind myself like, hey, I need to use GTD. And anytime I was stuck, I would literally look at my wall, look at the flow chart and go, okay, where am I and what's actually the next step? And the more I looked at it and the more I followed through and the more I did it, the easier it became over time. So I think a lot of people fall off the bandwagon because they try to follow the flowchart, but they don't have something visual in front of them. Or they try to find the book, right? And then figure out like, okay, what do I need to do next? But again, that's so much friction. And anytime we have friction, we increase the chances of not doing something, right? So for me, just... The idea of like having that flowchart on the wall, being able to see it every day was a reminder, but also it allowed me to easily follow along and say, oh, this is what I needed to do. So as I got more reps in, it made it easier over time to implement it. And now, you know, nowadays it's kind of like second nature. I don't even think about the flowchart anymore. And I just kind of do it naturally. And not that I'm a hardcore GTD user necessarily, because I kind of developed my own productivity system, which maybe at some point we're going to create a course on that. But definitely taking elements of GTD in terms of processing and like reviewing and kind of like giving my own spin to it. So I definitely recommend if you're a new user to GTD to print out the flowchart. So it might cost you, I don't know, uh, a few dollars, go to like a local printing office somewhere, get it printed out. The bigger, the better, because the more visual it is, the easier it is for you to follow. I wouldn't put it like on an A4 sheet that's probably too small. I would get something big and really stick it up on the wall. I'm too North American to know what a A4 piece of paper is, but I'm I'm sure it's a small piece of paper. <laughs> oh, I forget that's a European thing. Yeah, it's a basically standardized paper that you use for printing. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> All right, so that is tip number four. Print out the flowchart and stick it to 
your wall. All right, let's move on to tip number five here. And that is give yourself a reward for finishing a weekly review. So I kind of hinted it at this very beginning, but uh, most people who follow GTD struggle with this one thing, and that is to do a weekly review. So we have a whole episode dedicated to that on episode 311, where we talked about the GTD weekly review and how to be consistent and how to achieve mind like water, like David Allen always talks about. So if you go to theproductivityshow.com slash 311, you'll find that episode there. Or if you're listening to us in the podcast app, just scroll back a little bit, a few episodes, but 11 episodes or so, and you'll see it there as well. So habit formation 101 says, if you want to have a habit stick, the best thing to do is to have a reward at the end. So what is your reward for finishing a weekly review? What is something that will make you look forward to actually doing it? What's the reward that you're going to get out of this? And so a couple ideas you can use. I'm not saying these are the best ones, but some ideas that might work for you and have worked for me in the past is, for example, to say, you know what? If I finish my GTD review, I will be able to eat that cookie that I really want or that candy. And I... If you've been following us for a while, I have a sweet tooth. I love candy. So I I can motivate myself to do anything when it comes to Sour Patch Kids. Like I love that stuff, right? <laughs> I'm not a big cookie person myself, but Sour Patch Kids or something, like you got me. So that's something you can use. Something that might work for you as well is to watch a certain movie or a TV series or maybe to treat yourself for lunch or dinner or go, go to a sauna or get yourself a massage. Although that might be expensive reward every single week, but you get the idea. The big idea here is that the more tangible and real, quote unquote, the reward is, the better. Because oftentimes if you use what I like to call invisible rewards, so, such as like, oh, I'll have peace of mind or I will sleep better. These are kind of like delayed a little bit and they're kind of like invisible because you're not seeing them and you're not seeing the immediate benefit of it right away either. So I don't recommend those kind of rewards for beginners. And if you're a beginner and you want to be able to stick to a habit, then give yourself like a tangible reward, something that's real and something you can get instantly right after you're done with it. Over time, the more you do it and you better you get at it, then it can be more intrinsic, such as, oh, if I do my GTD review, I, I will have peace of mind or I will sleep better at night or I can go to dinner knowing that, you know what, I got everything taken care of. That's a little bit more advanced, but if you're brand new, get something that's a little bit more real. Yeah, this is something I haven't done. I've more like relied on the that warm and fuzzy feeling of checking something off in my task manager. But I think that's a great idea for building the weekly review as a habit because the weekly review is a super powerful part. And like we said, we just did a podcast episode about it, TPS 311. So that's why we didn't specifically include the weekly review as one of the tips. It's more about building the habit, but it's such a fundamental part of GTD success that we definitely want wanted to mention it. And by the way, if you are interested in becoming more regular with your GTD weekly review, for sure, check out that podcast episode. We also did one of our DTDT sessions, which is something we do with our dojo members, stands for do the damn thing, focus on implementation. And the reason I bring it up is because in the chat, when we started talking about weekly review, Nancy said that our weekly review DTDT was fantastic. And Tammy says, yes, it was. I've used that flow and have now done four weekly reviews in a row, first time ever. So it just goes to show that once you have something like rewards or something that will help you gain that consistency, it really, really pays off. It's just a matter of not just assuming it will happen, but doing something to make it happen. 
other people in the chats here are also saying how a good coffee could be a, a, a great reward mm-hmm. or someone saying that uh, my reward is to log off for the week because I do my weekly review at 4 p.m. on Friday. So after I'm done with that, I can just log off for the week and it feels get really good. And that's just another example you can use, right? So great ideas here. Thank you, everyone that is sharing this in the live chat. Some people are talking about eating pizzas. I, I'm all for that. Love pizza myself. But when I first started off, I basically started off by saying, hey, if I finish this, I can watch TV or I can watch NBA. I'm a big sports fan as well. And then over time, I kind of switched it to saying, hey, you know, if I do this, then I can call it a day and just relax. And I didn't need the TV show anymore as a reward necessarily. Just having that feeling of like, like, okay, I'm done. I'm ready for tomorrow or the next week was good enough for me. So if you're brand new, again, make it more real. If you're a little bit more intermediate advanced, make, make it something that's a little bit more intrinsic for you. And if you need some extra help for forming habits, being consistent with everything in your life, we have a really short course on this called Habits Crash Course that you can check out at theproductivityshow.com slash habits. So again, that is tip number five. Give yourself a reward for finishing a weekly review. So that kind of starts wrapping things up here. And as always, before we start ending this episode here, one of the things we always like to do and what we're known for at Asian Efficiency and here on the Productivity Show is we want to make sure we keep things simple and actionable for you. So there's one simple action step that we recommend that you take here today is to figure out your why. Why do you want to be productive? What is your desired outcome? How is GTD going to help you with all of this, right? And once you figure that out, I would also recommend that you just print out the flow chart and look at it every single day. And if you want to get more content from us and support the Productivity Show, you can go to TPS Plus, which is our premium subscription to the Productivity Show, where we have more content, ad-free episodes, and more. Just go to tps.plus, and we'll give you some special bonuses when you sign up today as well. If you want to have links to all the stuff that we talked about today in the show notes, go to theproductivityshow.com slash 322. Do you wish there were more hours in a day? Are you behind on your to-do list? If you want to be more productive and get proven tools to help you save time, then you must check out our new productivity assessment. Within two minutes of taking this free assessment, the tool will generate a personal recommendation list of which apps, tools, and strategies that will work for you based on your life situation. To take the assessment, just go to theproductivityshow.com quiz. Again, that URL is theproductivityshow.com slash quiz. Take their free assessment today and you'll be on your way to becoming superhuman productive. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next Productive Monday.